Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well-rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step-by-step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours, where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com slash RA to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com slash RA. Or just head to the homepage and click on courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode. Hey, friends and neighbors. You're listening to the Well Rested Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. What is the value of sleep? In this bonus episode, I'll be going over just a sample of some of the wonders of good sleep and the horrors when sleep goes wrong. There are really two ways that we can measure the value of something, and with sleep specifically, we tend to measure it by its absence. So for instance, we know that the lack of sleep kills. These first studies go back several years where they were looking at what would happen if an animal was sleep-deprived. So they take these poor little rats, these little animals, and they put them on this little platform, and they would spin and spin and spin and spin, and every time that the animal would fall asleep, this platform kept spinning and it would knock the animal off the platform and into a little pool of shallow water. The water was not deep enough for the animal to drown or anything like that, but it would certainly wake it up. Then it would climb back onto the platform, fall back asleep, and that platform would spin some more until it knocked him back off the platform, waking the animal back up. So these poor little creatures did not get any sleep. And what they saw is that universally, within about a week or so, that all of these little animals died, all, all these rats died. And it turned out the cause of death was infection. And they'd seen on these animals that their hair was falling out and there were little sores on the skin of their poor little tails. And so they thought that maybe there were bacteria from the outside that were getting in through these lesions on the skin. And that's what caused the infection. But it turns out it was actually their guts. These little animals, when they were sleep deprived, were not able to maintain the integrity of the lining of their intestines. And so all the little bugs and bacteria that live inside each and every one of us, and including in in rats as well, that help us digest food, that these bacteria were able to invade into the the animal itself, and, and that's how they ended up dying. For a while, the Guinness Book of World Records was holding a record for longest time spent awake continuously. Now, they don't do this any longer for reasons that we'll get into, But for many years, they would allow adults to compete to see who could stay awake continuously the longest. And the record was, you know, right around a a week or so. But universally, what they were seeing is that every single one of these individuals had a great deal of problems associated with not sleeping for days and days and days on end. Then almost universally, they became psychotic. They became delusional. They completely lost touch with reality. 
And in many instances, you know, the, these individuals, they were not able to recover after going through something like this. That even once they started getting back to sleep and uh, in other areas of their lives kind of normalized, they never really fully came back to normal. And in fact, one of the very first sleep researchers, one of his first projects was to take one of these uh, Guinness Book of World Record holders and hook him up to an, an EEG, a brainwave test, to really see was this individual actually awake or asleep. And it turns out that these individuals, when they've been awake for so long, their body just can't help it. But they have to get sleep. So they get these what are called micro-sleeps, where they fall asleep for just a few seconds at a time. And that way, when they've been awake for these extended periods of time without getting consolidated sleep for you know hours here or hours there, and instead, the, the brain tries to steal little bits of sleep here and there, a few seconds here, a few seconds there. And the individual is completely unaware that this is happening. You know, they, they, they say that they've been awake the entire time, but it, truthfully, they've actually been getting these little bits of sleep here and there and here and there and here and there. And so after data was coming out showing that sleep deprivation is universally fatal in animals, we're seeing all these other difficulties that, uh, that, that humans were facing with intentional sleep deprivation, uh, thankfully the, the Guinness Book closed down that opportunity. We know, for instance, that in humans with specific sleep disorders, most importantly obstructive sleep apnea or sleep disordered breathing, that there is a definite increased risk in mortality. And this is due to several different reasons, everything from heart disease and stroke and dementia and infections and cancers as well. But even with insomnia, we see that there is a mortality risk there. In specifically individuals with insomnia that don't get enough sleep, what we call the insomnia, insomniacs with short sleep time or individuals who habitually get under six hours of sleep at night, that they become hyper-aroused, that they have this, this fight-or-flight stress state that they become in, uh, that they just embody 24 hours a day. And that has its consequences, including an increased risk of death. No short of death, there is plenty of morbidity that we see from the absence of sleep, really confirming its value. As mentioned, we see everything from several different cancers and heart disease and stroke, several different kinds of infections, including respiratory infections. We know that everything from attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, to Alzheimer's disease in terms of cognitive changes goes along with the lack of sleep. We know that our mental health is definitely dependent on quality sleep. Issues like depression, anxiety, are sometimes between doubled and tripled among those that have insufficient sleep. The condition known as PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder is much more likely to occur among individuals that are not getting quality sleep around the time of their trauma. We know that their, their symptoms of PTSD are likely to persist when they continue to get inadequate sleep. We know that some of the interventions to treat PTSD that really target specifically their, their quantity and quality of sleep help to alleviate a lot of the PTSD symptoms. But not just looking at how is sleep valuable by seeing what happens in its absence, we can also see added benefit that goes along with sleep. I'm sure many of you can recognize that when you get a good night of sleep, you just have a whole lot more energy. 
We're able to tackle our to-dos lists to greater efficiency during the daytime. We can achieve more movement, more activity, more exercise after a good night of sleep. We can measure objectively that specifically our reaction time is faster. And of course, this is very important when we're driving. We get more stamina, more resilience. We're more patient with ourselves and with those around us. Then not just the absence, say, of ADHD, but all of us, every single one of us, can be a whole lot less distracted when we get a good night's sleep. And sleep adds that benefit to us. Overall, we have more control. We have, we have more control with emotional regulation. We're able to engage in better planning. That, that executive function tends to be uh, highly emphasized when we get a, a good night of quality sleep. We make fewer errors when we're well-rested. So in short, when we get better sleep, we have better wake. We're happier. We're more satisfied. We're more productive during the daytime. And we are more empowered to live well when we sleep well. So throughout the episodes of, of this podcast, we'll be tackling common obstacles that might be in your way to get a good night of sleep and to wake well-rested in the morning. And I'll be providing you with specific guidance and actions to take to help you get there. So be sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes, leave us a review, and head on over to wellrestedmd.com, all one word, for more information. Thank you for listening.